in Racine County, they were only going to do a machine count. And we really wanted a hand count. And yes, they are still counting in Racine. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. In Oregon on 91.7 KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 KSO in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN uh, 94.1. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 WLPP. In Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR. In New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV. In Washington, D.C. on 105.5. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik, amongst other fine affiliate broadcasters, both terrestrial and streaming on the internet. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Big show for you coming up today, uh, coming up momentarily. Remember the fight to actually count ballots, hand-marked paper ballots in a number of the states which surprisingly were declared to have gone for Donald Trump in last year's presidential election? Remember that back in 2016? In states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, where the margin was exceedingly close in favor of the Republican candidate for the first time in decades, but where Hillary Clinton declined to ask for recounts of any type anyway. And where Green Party candidate Jill Stein was then largely stymied in her attempt to seek hand counts in those three states, despite raising and spending millions of dollars on that effort. Remember all of that? Well, a group of citizens in one of those three states is fighting for election integrity anyway, despite all of that, despite being stopped by the courts, by Team Trump, by uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, They are trying to hand count at least some of those paper ballots from last year's election by hand to see if the results of a hand count are the same as those reported by the optical scan computer systems that tabulated them in the first place on election night and then again uh, in the so-called recount. The results are now coming back in and are just, um, how do I describe this, Desi Doyen? Mind-boggling. I was going to say disturbing, but you're right. Yes, you're right. I think they are. Uh, they may be a gobsmacking and mind-boggling, uh, but they are not likely at all that surprising, frankly, to longtime readers of Bradblog.com and listeners of the Bradcast. 
One of the citizen election integrity advocates helping to head up that citizen hand count effort will join us shortly. You don't want to miss it. All right, that is straight ahead. Uh, In the meantime, a couple of quick news items here uh, that once again remind us and underscore again why elections and election results are so important. All right, well, Donald Trump's tough guy act with uh, North Korea does not seem to be working. On Tuesday, North Korea launched another long-range missile test of what the Pentagon said was an intercontinental ballistic missile, possibly its longest-range test yet, a move that will escalate already high tensions in Washington. A Pentagon spokesman said the missile traveled about 1,000 kilometers, at 620 miles or so. Before it landed in the Sea of Japan, it flew for 53 minutes, according to Japan's defense minister. South Korea, a key U.S. ally separated from the north by a highly militarized border, responded themselves with shorter range missile tests of their own to mimic striking the North Korea launch site, according to AP. Uh, which apparently uh, does not lie far from North Korea's capital of Pyongyang. The launch is North Korea's first since September. And uh, an intercontinental ballistic missile test is considered particularly provocative. It would signal further progress by Pyongyang in developing a weapon of mass destruction that could strike the U.S. mainland, which President Donald Trump has vowed to prevent using military force if necessary. In response to the launch on Tuesday, Trump said the U.S. will, quote, take care of it. Nothing to worry about, Des. Well, I get such great confidence out of that. They'll take care of it. He told reporters, quote, it is a situation that we will handle, though he did not elaborate. U.S. scientist David Wright told AP that based on in, on uh, initial reports on the altitude and duration of the test, it appeared that North Korea's uh, longest range test had been launched and that if flown on a standard trajectory rather than at a lofted angle, as this test apparently was, the missile would have a range of more than 13,000 kilometers, that's some 8,100 miles, according to Wright, who is a physicist at the Union for Concerned Scientists, who uh, have a right to be more concerned at this point than ever, I suspect. Uh, that uh, that 8,100 miles would be more than enough distance to reach any point in the continental U.S., A week ago or so, the Trump administration declared North Korea a state sponsor of terrorism. That further strained ties between the uh, governments that are still technically at war. There was never a peace treaty that was signed after the Korean War in the uh, in the early 50s. Just an armistice agreement, though, the uh, the North, according to experts that we've spoken with, has indicated that the North Korea would very much like to see a treaty, uh, a peace treaty very much. Um, Washington has also recently imposed new sanctions on North Korea shipping, uh, North Korean shipping firms and Chinese trading companies uh, who deal with the North. North Korea called the terror designation a, quote, serious provocation that justifies its development of nuclear weapons that could be now put onto the tip of one of those missiles. That can reach any point in the continental United States. Thank you for uh, paying close attention. Uh, That, of course, 
all follows on these threats from Donald Trump at the U.N. a couple of weeks ago to, quote, completely destroy North Korea, which they regarded as an act of war. And uh, Trump's earlier threats against the North for, uh, quote, fire and fury like the world has never seen. Trump has ramped up economic and diplomatic pressure on the North to prevent its development of a nuclear tip missile that could strike the U.S. mainland thus far. AP observes the pressure has failed to get North Korea's totalitarian government to end its nuclear program, which it views as key to its survival. So there's some swell news to start the day. (laughs) Uh, More swell news out of D.C. A key Senate committee advanced a sweeping tax package to the full Senate on Tuesday. The Senate Budget Committee voted 12 to 11 along party lines to advance the bill as two committee Republicans who said they were concerned and considering voting against the measure, Bob Corker of Tennessee and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, both backed the legislation to get it out of committee. President, are you surprised? I am Uh, not in the least bit surprised. I I think that that's something that we've seen happen often with both Johnson and Corker. Trump uh, personally lobbied Republican senators at the Capitol on Tuesday. All 11 Democrats on the panel were opposed as a sweetener. Oh, you'll like this, Des, as a sweetener for some Republicans. The Budget Committee added a provision to the tax bill that would allow oil drilling in Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge that was seen as a sweetener for Republicans. That would make them more likely to vote for the despoiling a pristine wildlife preserve to dig for more oil despite already record oil production in the U.S. and lands right next door, correct? Yes. Uh, To to Anwar, which are cleared for drilling but not being used? Exactly. The uh, the bill faces hurdles still in the uh, in the U.S. Senate with at least six senators raising uh, sometimes contradicting concerns, though you ought to be skeptical about any of those concerns. The measure got a boost on Tuesday, for example, when Susan Collins of Maine uh, won support to amend the bill to allow homeowners to deduct at least a portion of their local property taxes on their federal tax returns. And when asked if she is now more likely to support the bill, Collins said that is a, quote, fair assumption. Well, you know, at least uh, little homeowners get a little bit of something. Yeah, so now she's all good with it. She's all good with taking away health care from 13 million Americans, as this bill is predicted, uh, is estimated to do. Apparently she's fine with that. Wisconsin Senator Johnson had complained that the package doesn't cut taxes enough for business owners who report business profits profits on their uh, individual tax returns, small businesses. Corker said he's concerned that the package will add to the federal government's $20 trillion debt because it will, likely of uh, upwards of $1.5 trillion, as pretty much every independent analyst has found. And yet, Corker and Johnson both voted it out of committee. They're good with it. Well, you know, priorities and values. After Trump's meeting with Senate uh, Republicans, Corker said, I think we're getting to a very good place on the deficit issue. Corker and other deficit hawks want the package to include a trigger that would automatically increase taxes if the legislation fails to generate as much revenue as they expect. Because, you know, all of these Republicans who have been supporting it, Uh, say that, oh, this is going to pay for itself. People will be so happy about these tax cuts. They'll have so much extra money. It'll increase the 
the economy, and there will be no uh, trillion and a half deficit. Right. And as we know, as has happened every single time they try this, that never, ever happens. Tax cuts never pay for themselves, especially the way this particular tax cut bill is structured. Alice Olstein has a, a report on that at TPM today. Uh, noting that Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma has uh, called for such a trigger. Uh, He said, uh, what if we don't get 0.4% growth, citing the number that has been touted by GOP leadership as resulting directly from tax cuts? So if they they do these tax cuts, this is the amount of growth that they'll get. Well, Lankford says, what if we don't get that? He said, quote, do we have realistic numbers and is there a backstop in the process just in case we don't? We should build in a what if. What if this doesn't work? What changes might be needed in the tax code in the days ahead to be able to adjust in uh, in in such a scenario? Yeah, he's right. Both Langford and uh, Senator Jerry Moran of Kansas have pointed to the fiscal disaster in the state of Kansas that resulted from a slew of massive tax cuts just like this. They, they, they Moran is from Kansas. He pointed to it as a cautionary tale that shouldn't be repeated at the federal level. We've talked many times on this show about Sam Brownback, the Reagan Republican uh, governor out there who promised that this would be a uh, you know, a, a, a that the Ron- tax cuts would pay for themselves the, the, in yeah, Kansas. Yeah, that it would be a, a haven for the uh, Ronald Reagan tax experiment, and it has been a disaster. Reports by independent groups uh, on the um, on the t- Senate tax plan, uh, including the Tax Policy Center, have found that even with the predicted economic growth that Republicans are claiming that the tax bill would still balloon the deficit by more than $1.2 trillion. So even if it goes as planned, you're still going to end up with a $1.2 trillion deficit. That would be enough to trigger automatic cuts to Medicare and other federal programs uh, if Congress does not vote to waive its own budget rules, which, you know, they could. Still, uh, most GOP lawmakers insist, without citing any sources whatsoever, that the tax bill won't increase the deficit at all, let alone by more than one trillion. So what's their problem? Uh, Put in that trigger. They're not worried about it. Why not put in the trigger? Uh, That is drawing opposition from uh, other Republicans. For example, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, he said, I'm not going to vote to automatically implement tax increases on the American people. If I do that, consider me drunk. There are so many ways that that statement is wrong. We don't even have time to get into it. We don't, because I have to get uh, to a lot today. Uh, But he is drunk already. I mean, he's all of those analysts have already said that these permanent tax cuts for these huge corporate corporations will result in tax increases, as is for those making less than one hundred thousand dollars along with the loss of health care for millions of Americans and so forth. But Kennedy and and these other Republicans pretending to be concerned about uh, stuff in the bill, they're going to vote for it anyway this week. They don't care. If you'd like to share your thoughts on any of that with them, because only public pressure right now, if anything, is likely to stop this thing, you can call your senators at 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. Good luck. 
Uh, and finally, uh, that unprecedented power struggle at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that we discussed on this show yesterday with law professor and uh, former CFPB advisor Adam Levitin. Remember that he linked it to the he likened it to the uh, to the Game of Thrones uh, struggle that has been unseen in Washington, D.C. Well, as suggested during our conversation, even though the rule and the letter of the law appear very clearly to say one thing, a newly appointed Donald Trump federal judge has declared otherwise late today, just before airtime. The federal judge denied an emergency request on behalf of an Obama holdover who had disputed Trump's decision to appoint a new acting director to the CFPB. Uh, it's a big legal victory right now for the White House, who had argued that the president had the authority to install a new leader. However, the folks who actually wrote the law that created the CFPB after the financial meltdown back in 2008, they all say, no, we wrote the law very specifically. And here it says that the deputy director of the agency becomes the acting director of the agency. Uh, nonetheless, Judge uh, Timothy Kelly, federal district court in Washington, said that Mick Mulvaney, uh, Trump's pick, and the current director of the White House Office of Management and Budget, he could lead the bureau at the same time, by the way, that he is leading the White House Office of Management and Budget, even though the CFPB and the OMB have uh, conflicting, conflicting mandates, issues. Yeah, yes. but now they don't have to worry about it because Mulvaney can just approve both at both offices. Uh, it's just remarkable. I don't know if she's going to appeal or not. This decision came in uh, just before airtime. But now Mick Mulvaney, who has uh, called the CFPB a sad, sick joke, he will now run it, at least for now. Trump could have appointed a permanent director, but that would take months uh, for a Senate to uh, to approve it, to uh, confirm such a pick. So, you know, why not just work around the law with the judges that he has installed? All of these stories today, once again, a reminder of the importance of elections and of being able to know that the results of those elections were accurate, something that, unfortunately, we still cannot know about the presidential election last year. And we've got some new news now out of Wisconsin that serves as another startling reminder of all of that. That story is next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Count on me. Don't know whether you can count on the voting system in the state of Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com with you here. All right. Well, to this day, as you know, 
Donald Trump loves to cite his victory in last year's presidential election as sort of his catch-all response to any criticism that he may face. You don't like him. Uh, you uh, think he's doing a bad job. Well, you know, he'll tell you the American people voted for him, so he can't be all that bad. He loves to cite the results of the 2016 presidential election as his mandate from the American people to do damn near anything that he pleases. But anyone paying attention to at least to any non-fake news sources knows that, in fact, like it or not, the American people overwhelmingly supported Hillary Clinton by some three million votes over Donald Trump in last year's election, at least according to the reported results, mostly tallied by computer tabulators in all 50 states. Nonetheless, Thanks to the uh, constitutional curiosity that is the U.S. Electoral College, Trump was declared the victor anyway, thanks to surprise wins in a few key states which had gone to Democrats for many uh, years. But this year ended up flipping for the first time in decades by a very small margin to the Republican nominee. As we spent a great deal of time reporting in the months immediately after the election in the states of Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin combined, all three of which went to Trump. Uh, those three states had uh, had approximately four votes per precinct in each of those states been recorded for Hillary Clinton instead of Donald Trump. Then she, not he would have become the 45th president of the United States. Just four votes in each precinct. Now, despite desperate pleas following the election last year from voting system experts and computer scientists worried about the possibility of electronic manipulation of results or failure of voting systems during the election in November, the Clinton campaign decided against filing for a hand recount of paper ballots, or for forensic audits of computer voting and tabulation systems that were used in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin on November 8. Instead, Green Party candidate Jill Stein stepped up to see such a post-election audit of results carried out, as she explained on this very show, the day that she announced that effort. She raised and spent millions of dollars in the effort, which was subsequently largely stymied by Republican officials and various state laws in those three states. In Pennsylvania, where most of the state's voters are still forced to vote on 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems, there was little to actually count. But Team Trump, nonetheless, and even some Democratic officials, prevented forensic investigations by computer scientists of the wildly hackable voting systems and Horrible state laws there made hand counts of paper ballots nearly impossible across the rest of the state. In Michigan, Team Trump went to court to stop a hand count that had been underway, revealing thousands of paper ballots deemed to be unrecountable due to Michigan's absurd post-election hand count statutes in scores of precincts in largely Democratic areas. That hand count was subsequently stopped altogether by the state courts. And in the third state, in Wisconsin, where Trump is said to have defeated Hillary Clinton by just about 27,000 votes out of nearly 3 million votes cast, Jill Stein's count was allowed to move forward, though it was left up to election officials in the various jurisdictions whether they wished to hand count hand-marked paper ballots 
uh, or simply run them through the same computer tabulators that tallied them in the first place, tallying them either correctly or incorrectly. It's impossible to know, of course, without an actual hand count of those paper ballots. Jill Stein complained at the time that many of the areas about which she was most concerned in Wisconsin were the ones which had determined to simply run the paper ballots back through the same computers that tallied them in the first place. Well, unfortunately, we only got half a recount, and it was the uh, low-income urban communities of color that basically just did the same thing all over again. We are still trying to get the minutes from the counties so that we can actually have an accurate tally of what went right and what went wrong. Um, We are also calling for an examination of the uh, software that these proprietary machines use. That was Jill Stein, I believe, in uh, very early January of this year. She never did receive a full count, nor did she get that software examination that her recount campaign had sought. Such an examination was for good reason. During the partial count in Wisconsin, election integrity observers reported a huge number of hand-marked paper ballots which had votes on them in the presidential race, but which went uncounted anyway by the optical scan computer tabulators that many municipalities across the state had insisted on using for the so-called recount. Documentary filmmaker Lulu Friesdat was in Racine County, Wisconsin, for some of that uh, attempted recount and interviewed observer Liz Whitlock after her complaints about the marked but uncounted uh, paper ballots were rejected by election officials who were running the counts. My name is Liz Whitlock and I live in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. In Racine County, they were only going to do a machine count. And we really wanted a hand count. We decided to do our own hand count using these uh, clickers. This is a click counter. You click it and the numbers go up. You can hand count ballots like this as they're going through an optical scanner. What we were doing was we had three observers on one uh, scanner machine. And one would click for Clinton, one would click for Trump, and the other one would click the undervotes. And the undervotes are when the ballot is not marked. We can see the ballots very clearly. Our numbers were quite a bit off from the scanner. In that batch, there were 18 that were under votes on the optical scan tape, and we knew that 15 of those were actually for candidates. So we brought this up immediately to the county clerk and said, you know, we think this machine did not count these ballots correctly. And we're just wondering if we could have somebody just hand count this one small ward. It was only over 300 ballots. It wouldn't take very long. They absolutely refused to do that. They absolutely refused, to say the least. Not only did they refuse, but as Friesdat's footage shows, and I'll try to link to it at bradblog.com when uh, posting today's show, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking in truth. They yelled at her. They threatened to toss uh, Whitlock out of the building if she continued to complain about all of these legitimate votes that were clearly going uncounted. 
Whitlock's complaints and Stein's attempt to have scientists examine the hardware and software, as I said, were for good reason. Almost a year after the November 2016 election in September of this year, the state of Wisconsin's Election Commission decertified the optical scanners that are used in some 57 Wisconsin municipalities after finding that the two-decade-old Optech Eagle scanners failed to count valid votes. Indeed, uh, they, they determined that these systems had a significant flaw, as the Journal Times noted in late September of this year. After those systems were decertified, Quote, the machines can only read carbon-based marks on a ballot, meaning voters must use pencil or a special type of pen. A pencil or the wrong type of pen, and the Optech Eagles would ignore otherwise completely valid votes. Those systems are now decertified for use in Wisconsin, but only after the November 2018 elections. So the problem will still occur short of hand-counting those votes in next year's midterm elections when the entire House of Representatives will be on the ballot across the country. Those specific systems, the Optech 3P Eagle, are also used in counties and municipalities in Indiana, in Massachusetts, and Virginia in addition to Wisconsin. But none of that has kept the determined citizen advocates at WisconsinElectionIntegrity.org from trying to learn what actually happened during the presidential race in the Badger State last year. According to a press release from the group uh, issued just before Thanksgiving, quote, if an Elmwood Park poll worker had been grabbing the ballot from every 20th voter and ripping it up while county election officials looked on and did nothing, the result would have been pretty much the same. That, according to Racing Wisconsin voter Scott Farnsworth, explaining that after a partial citizen-led hand-count audit of hand-marked paper ballots from last year's presidential election in a number of racing, uh, racing precincts, they found that, well, the poll workers were not throwing out votes, but the problem is that the county canvas officials have no process in place to notice or correct predictable electronic miscounts. Farnsworth had participated in a hand count of ballots from last November's presidential election held uh, just a week or so ago at the Racine County Courthouse in the uh, in the week prior to Thanksgiving. County Clerk Wendy Christensen and county staff displayed the ballots to about two dozen volunteer vote counters in response to Farnsworth's open records request to look at those ballots. The hand count was organized by volunteers from Wisconsin Election Integrity. The results in these six racing wards tallied by the group offered, I would say, disturbing results, to say the least. And we will talk about those results with Karen McKim of Wisconsin Election Integrity right after this. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. 
But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate today. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. can count 424 billion for war why can't they count our votes excellent question they can count maybe it's because they don't really want to i don't know welcome back to the bradcast brad friedman from bradblog.com my guest may know County certified vote totals from Racine County's so-called recount that was filed by Jill Stein, not by Hillary Clinton after last year's presidential election up in Wisconsin, show signs that a significant number of votes were discarded by the voting machine without notice or correction by county officials before they declared the results to be final, correct, complete, that in either the original tabulation in uh, in November or the so-called recount that followed thereafter. The results in six racing wards that were tallied by the group WisconsinElectionIntegrity.org offer disturbing results, to say the least. Just as we have uh, warned about for, uh, for some 15 years on this show and at bradblog.com, when optical scan computers rather than human beings are relied on for tabulating results, even where countable hand-marked paper ballots are available to be publicly counted accurately by human beings. Joining us now to discuss the new findings out of Racine and why such an effort is even necessary at all, given that election officials long ago certified results as supposedly accurate and correct in the state of Wisconsin, is longtime election integrity advocate Karen McKim. She is a retired quality assurance manager and a founding member of WisconsinElectionIntegrity.org, where she has served as its statewide coordinator for about five years. The group promotes routine verification of election results using paper ballots. And of course, she was deeply involved in the 2016 attempted presidential recount, as it's described in the state of Wisconsin. Karen McKim, welcome to the broadcast. Brad, thank you so much. It's so nice to talk to you. So good to have you here on the show. Uh, we've talked many times over the years. I think it's the first time we've had you on air. So thank you for joining us. Uh, as I understand it, you guys at Wisconsin Election Integrity actually had to round up money to pay for this hand count effort in Racine in these in these six wards. Yes, open records requests in Wisconsin are good in some ways, but not good in cost. The county clerk can charge us for the honor of looking at our ballots. And uh, when we told her how many ballots we wanted to cast, she said that'll be, oh, I forget what it was, $595.34 or something like that. Uh, but uh, so, in, in doing that, you were able to actually see the actual ballots this time? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. How was that? Before we discuss what you found specifically, um, it was it was six wards so far that you've been able to, to, to afford to count. And how was that count physically carried out? Well, um, Wisconsin county clerks have this um, superstition, there's no other word for it, because it's not in the law, mm -hmm. that citizens cannot touch the ballots, but they can show them to us. So we sat around a conference table while 
uh, they opened the ballot bags and checked the chain of custody, and then, and then we gave them a or, or used with them a uh, document projector, mm-hmm. so that they would put each ballot one by one under the document projector, and you could see the image on the wall, and that way everyone in the room could count the votes at the same time. It was very transparent and very quick, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, we could see they were the actual ballots. We could look at them and. Uh, but we couldn't touch them, and uh, they, we went through six precincts like that, counting and, the votes. And what did you find when you counted those uh, six <laughs> precincts? We'll talk about how you chose them in a second. But what what were the what were the results you found? Um, of the six precincts we counted, the voting machines had missed two point five percent of the valid presidential votes um, in both the, on both election day and in the recount. So Liz Whitlock and those that were observing the Racine County recount mm-hmm. were spot on. Uh, the yeah. Elmwood Park um, precinct, the one that you saw in the YouTube video, yeah. uh, 5% of the votes in that ward were completely ignored by the voting machines, and the recount didn't catch it. Uh, now, I'm not a, uh, a math whiz here, but uh, 2.5% at some of these precincts, 5%, I think, uh, at another, uh, one uh, was Racine's Ward 26. Uh, election officials failed to count 6.1% of the votes. That uh, was the worst ward that we count. We we audited with a hand count. Yeah, 6.1%. So uh, <laughs> it looks like the results, uh, according to your statement here, more than one in every 17 voters were disenfranchised in that ward. In other words, these were legitimate votes. They weren't counted... Uh, they weren't given to, or, or maybe you can tell me, were they given to Trump instead of Clinton or Clinton instead of Trump, or were they simply just ignored by the voting system entirely? They were ignored by the voting system entirely, and that's what made the miscount, or should have made the miscount obvious to the election officials even before they certified. You could look at those election results that the voting machine spit out on their face, and you could see that hundreds of votes were just missing. If you compared the total number of ballots cast to the total number of presidential votes counted, you should have known, they should have known, that 2% of the voters didn't go to the polls so that they could cast a blank ballot. The miscounts were obvious at the time of the canvas, and the county officials did nothing about it. Why? Any idea why they, you know, when you could see this, when you could see uh, Liz Whitlock obviously was seeing this and was getting yelled at by the officials saying, no, we are absolutely not going to hand count even a small portion of these ballots, even though we can see them going through with votes but not turning up a tally one way or another. Why were they doing that? Were they just following uh, state law at that point? or, or were Oh, no, something? no, no, they were not following. They were absolutely not following Wisconsin Election Commission written instructions that specifically tell the canvas county canvases to look for you know high undervote rates because and if this is in writing from the election commission Mm -hmm. that can signify miscounting voting machines um i don't know i've never had a local election official be honest with me about why they don't check accuracy um i'm i'm only guessing Mm -hmm. you know at what i know of human nature and what I can read between the lines of what they will tell me. Um, there's oh, a desire to do as little work as possible. You can call that laziness, or you can call that just nervousness that they're going to meet some deadline. Mm-hmm. 
which is, I, I think, misplaced because Wisconsin statutes have some provisions in there for, you know, if you don't get it done on time, here's what you can do. Um, there is a certain amount of blaming the voters. Mm. They, because the, quote, wrong ink was used, close quote, at least they think that's what it is, mm-hmm. uh, they say, oh, well, you know, if you can't mark your ballot with the right color ink, I don't need to count it, which is against the law. Those were valid votes that they were required to count, but as long as they can blame the voters, they don't think they have to do the extra work of checking accuracy. Were, were, were all of these votes on the uh, supposed, supposed to have been tabulated by these Optech Eagles in Racine of the uh, six wards that you counted? Uh, the Yeah, the six wards we counted were all processed on the Optech Eagle, and they were all within Racine County, yes. And when they blame the voters, as you, uh, and I have, I, I uh, share your thoughts on this, Karen, I've seen this for years uh, in covering this issue, they love blaming the voters, it's the voters' fault. Well, the voters in this case filled in their ballots, they were perfectly readable, but for some reason the type of ink they used was not the right ink or something, and uh, th- that would be read by these Optech Eagles. Were these absentee ballots that people filled out at, at home, or were these uh, ballots that were cast in the precinct? I, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. The, the state election officials here are saying that they are absentee ballots that were filled out at home. But, and that might be the case, but mm-hmm. I don't think that explains the really widely varying error rates from precinct to precinct. Um, Marinette County, uh, the city of Marinette, mm-hmm. hand counted their recount, and they used the Optech Eagles to count their absentee votes in the city of Marinette. And in one city, the city of Marinette, they had three Optech Eagles counting votes. Mm-hmm. One of them missed 9.6% of the votes. The second machine missed 26.4% of the votes. And the third machine missed 30.1% of the vote. Oh, my God. And and those 30%, and those wouldn't have presumably have not been uh, tallied at all had it not been for uh, Jill Stein filing for that, uh, that, that recount? Absolutely. The city, the poll workers noticed the miscount, noticed the, you know, missing votes mm-hmm. when they closed the polls that night. They noted it on their inspector's reports. The municipal canvas looked at it, and I talked to the municipal clerk, and she said, I didn't know what we were supposed to do about this, so I certified it and sent it to the county clerk. And then the county clerk looked at those results. She, too, I mean, again, you could not ignore a miscount of that size. And she just said, well, it's the municipal's job to send me the accurate results. Whatever they send me, it's not my job to correct it. Yeah, and if it hadn't been for the miscount, those voters would have been completely and finally disenfranchised yep. in the presidential race. And many of them were in those counties that chose to run the hand count using those machines. I'm speaking with Karen uh, McKim. She's the uh, a statewide coordinator at WisconsinElectionIntegrity.org, where they have uh, been trying at least to count some of the uh, hand-marked paper ballots from the last year's presidential election in Racine County, Wisconsin, that went ignored by the optical scan computers. Karen, this is the nightmare, uh, frankly, that I've warned about for so long. Many people think that, oh, as long as it's not a touchscreen, as long as it's a paper ballot uh, that that uh, that we use, then then we're fine. We can always go back and recount it. Doesn't what happened in 2016 prove 
that no, we can't always go back and recount it, even in a crazy presidential election, and even when one of the candidates has raised millions of dollars to try to have a recount to determine what was on those paper ballots. Well, at the risk of sounding like I'm splitting hairs, who's the we in that sentence when you say we can't? And what do you mean by can? Yes, we can do it. We can count those hands, those we, the Mm -hmm. people of the United States, have the ability to hand count those paper ballots, but we allow our election officials to get away with not doing it. Uh, and, and, And then we have to do it months and months later and find out the results were way off. Have you been able to extrapolate, Karen, uh, from those, or and does it even make any sense to do this? But based on just those six racing uh, wards that you counted, uh, and and saw error rates from you know two and a half percent to six percent, if you extrapolate that out to the rest of the state, would that have changed the results one way or another? As far as you can tell, what I can extrapolate is the fact that we don't know. Um, you know, we can, we only have the money and the time to hand count six precincts. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not a county in the state of Wisconsin where the county election officials check accuracy of the vote totals. There is, um, you know, they all just certify by looking at the computer tape and saying, oh, look who won. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. the, the thing that upsets me, that really gets me going is not the fact that the computer's miscounted. We know computers are going to miscount from time to time. Every other manager that uses computers, you know, from your grocery store to the bank to the city treasures, they all know and accept that their computers are going to miscount from time to time, so they have routine procedures in place to check and correct before it's too late. Election administrators are the only computer-dependent managers we allowed to get away with not checking the computer output for accuracy. It's insane. It is insane. And this is the system that's used all over the all over the country. People, like I say, if they, they think if they've got paper ballots that they're okay. No, they're still counted by computers and they are checked by nobody. And even in some of the states where they claim they have post-election audits, I call them spot checks, Uh, even in those states, when they find errors, they routinely seem to just ignore them and go with with whatever the computer said. Have you had that same experience? Oh, yes. I've gone through the, you know, written canvas procedures and and Wisconsin Election Commission recommended procedures, and it's, it's almost laughable the way you read it. And, you know, the few places it does, check for this kind of error, check for that kind of error, the instructions stop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and, and so what are you supposed to do if you find an error? Well, it was like I was talking to that City of, city of Marinette municipal clerk. Mm-hmm. She, she saw that her machines were miscounting on November mm-hmm. 2016, and she didn't know what to do about it. Yep. And so she just certified. Yeah, and I have seen that uh, here in, in Los Angeles as well. They do these 1% post-election audits. They say they find, oh, we were off by 10%. Election certified. I mean, there seems to be no remedy when they find these problems. Looking, by the way, at your results, uh, it seems that of the wards you counted, uh, all but one uh, of those six appear to have found more uncounted votes, many more uncounted votes for Hillary Clinton than for Donald Trump. Uh, Do you have any explanation for that, Karen? I I can't say for sure. My, um, if you know, we did head for 
the precincts that seemed to have the highest percentage of uncounted votes simply, you know, by looking at Mm -hmm. the certified election results. Mm -hmm. And most of those were in the city of Racine. And so five of the six precincts we audited were within the city of Racine, which tends to vote Democratic, Mm -hmm. and the suburbs of the city of Racine vote more Republican. So it's not surprising that we found more uncounted votes for Clinton because we audited mostly within the, the city of Racine. Mm. But now why the city of Racine machines were missing more votes than the suburban machines, I, I don't know. Mm. You'd really have to do a forensic investigation to figure that out. And, and well, which is what <laughs> Jill Stein tried to do but was uh, prevented from doing. Those Optech right. Eagles I mentioned, they're, they're decertifying them. Apparently, they're still going to use them nonetheless, even though they they don't count votes uh, properly. They ignore votes. They're still going to use them in the 2018 midterms in uh, 57 counties in Wisconsin? <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to use them in 57 counties. They, most of the, Well, no, I take that back. All of the counties that are using optic yields now are in various stages of the process of replacing them. Good. Racine will definitely have new machines before... November 2018, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they're working on it, but it takes, you know, appropriations and mm-hmm. community processes to weed down the machines and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's something that we need to get citizens in Wisconsin in those jurisdictions working on their election clerks right now, speed up this process, get those new machines in place fast, you know, well, but do do you have Karen? Do you have any more confidence in the other types of voting systems that are used across Wisconsin, or even these new ones that are uh, that are coming in? If in fact they're not, you know, hand uh, checked by human beings to make sure the computers were correct. The output of every computer needs to be hand checked, and I'm not. I'm talking about banks. I'm talking about grocery stores. I'm talking mm-hmm. about city, and I'm talking about voting machines. It is just absolutely unacceptable that any computer, new or old, election or outside elections, is would be trusted with a decision as consequential as who will govern us without checking accuracy. As a former quality assurance manager yourself, Karen McKim, uh, what what processes would you say are missing from the Wisconsin procedures? What, what should they be doing? I would argue they need to hand count these paper ballots on election night because as we saw with Jill Stein you know after the election there are too many uh, partisans uh, state statutes and so forth to prevent real public oversight of elections so I'd call for hand counting on election night I don't know if that's uh, if you share that interest or not I don't um, I I would be fine with a hand count the day after the election or two days after. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as long as it's public and transparent and there's a good um, control of the documents in between when the poll closed and when the audit is done. Uh, I Yeah, it definitely needs to occur within a week of the election. Uh, my, my concerns with election night hand counting mm-hmm. are... Um, personnel um it's hard for municipal clerks to get volunteers not volunteers you know temporary mm-hmm. staff yeah to even work during election day and if you had to recruit a whole nother workforce to do vote count you wouldn't want to use the same ones right but you would start fresh at when the polls close right. and then stay until maybe three or four in the morning it would be very hard i think to recruit people willing to do that 
And on top of that, a transparent audit requires being open to the public and observing. And if you're conducting an audit at midnight or one in the morning, I can't really consider that thoroughly open to the public mm. because it's just so darn inconvenient to attend and observe. Well, you make a good point. I would uh, only say for for uh, very quickly, since we're short on time, in response, I know that in uh, many towns in New Hampshire, for example, they do come in and they do count them right then and there at the precinct before the ballots are moved anywhere. And I would argue if it takes that long to count them, Maybe we need smaller precincts uh, so you have fewer votes that you have to count. And apparently, I'm told by the folks in New Hampshire, they have no problem getting volunteers, uh, that it's easier to get volunteers to come in for a few hours at night rather than take the entire day off from work and uh, work those ridiculously ah, long yeah. hours. Another um, solution yeah. that, that I would consider if I was you know, an election official would be uh, looking into the possibility of doing something like jury duty. Hmm. Um, you know, issue summons, <laughs> and yeah. as long as you just, you know, spread it widely enough, you know, once every 10 years you'd get called in to audit right. election results, that might be more acceptable to the public, too. Well, I'll tell you, I, I you know, at least uh, judging from the, the folks I've talked to where they do hand count, like in New Hampshire, um, in some of those towns in New Hampshire, uh, people seem to want to do it when they, you know, hear that an election is at stake when, you know, uh, there's partisan competition. They want to be there uh, and they want to participate and it actually seems to increase uh, turnout rates and so forth because people feel more involved in their democracy. That, that I absolutely yeah. believe. And it's fun, too, if you've ever done yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, it is. And on a night like uh, November 8, 2016, I think you would have had a hell of a lot of people who were happy to turn out for that. Karen, i got to get out here, but what is next for this effort in WisconsinElectionIntegrity.org? Uh, Are you going to uh, count more ballots uh, from the 2016 election? And how can people uh, help you uh, continue your, your good work in Wisconsin? Oh, thank you. Um, what? No, we're not going to count any more ballots from Racine. I think we've made our point there um, that the county canvas procedures clearly allowed massive miscounts, mm -hmm. just to uh, obvious miscounts, just to go un, undetected and uncorrected, and yeah. that's that's unacceptable. We've made that point. Uh, we hope to keep forming regional uh, county level mm -hmm. groups in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm really I was delighted when we were contacted by some Waukesha County residents the other day, mm. and they want to get a group started there to observe and pressure their local election officials to do the right thing. And um, the more counties, little county groups we can get going, because that's where the action is in Wisconsin. We have to pressure the county counties, not the state. Um, the more we can get done. And this is all on WisconsinElectionIntegrity.org, like you've mentioned. And uh, I would also argue that uh, people listening to this show, we are you know, heard across the country. Uh, what they're doing in Wisconsin, I would say, is uh, or should be a model in your state. If you can't, uh, if you can't get those hand counts on election nights, uh, on election night in many states, ballots are in fact public records. You can make public records requests and go back even now. Uh, at least where there are hand-marked paper ballots to count, you can go back even now and uh, count count those precincts, compare them to the machines, 
send me email at bradcast at bradblog.com and uh, I'll, uh, I'll help people uh, find out about these huge problems that we have in our U.S. electoral system, I would argue, in all 50 states. Karen McKim, uh, thank you so much for the work that you and Wisconsin Election Integrity is doing out there. I would also um, uh, encourage people to follow you on the Twitters at Karen underscore McKim underscore. She's got a second underscore, I think. Do I have that right? Uh, for, yes, you do. For good yes. measure. Karen <laughs> underscore McKim underscore. Uh, Karen, uh, thanks so much for the work you're doing. Uh, stay in touch as you move ahead. I think 2018, you're going to be uh, very busy there. <laughs> yeah, and Brad, thank you. You're a treasure. You're very kind to say so. Thanks, Karen. Okay, bye-bye. I'll tell you, uh, this... Uh, well, it's all maddening. It's it all maddening from top to bottom. It's all maddening. Uh, and there was, by the way, there was a bunch of other stories I had hoped to get to today, including the Green News report. We'll we'll have to run that tomorrow. Which is I'm fine. Afraid. It's fine because, you know, to me, the corporate media is not covering this. They run away. They leave it. They pretend like it never happened. And then when the next election comes around, oh, surprise, look what's going on. And they didn't cover it in the first place. Right. I mean, when they could have covered it immediately after the election, of course, uh, Hillary Clinton didn't help. She didn't challenge the results. Now True. she's, you know, oh, she's concerned about them. Oh, what if Russia hacked our election? And well, you know what? You had a chance to find out and you didn't take it. And hopefully now lessons will be learned, if not they by Democratic officials or election officials, then by listeners and voters and citizens stepping up to protect their democracy. Yep. Like all of this yes. right now, like the, the tax cuts in D.C., uh, this is up to the citizens. It is up to you. We are fighting. And me. We are? We are. Are we winning? Not yet. Thank you, Desi Doyen, <laughs> uh, for that uh, encouraging note at the end. Our producer, Desi Doyen. Of course, my thanks to Karen McKim and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's broadcast or any other, you can always download them all for free at bradblog.com. Going back years and years. Uh, feel free to do so and uh, share it far and wide if you don't mind. On the Facebooks, on the Twitters, you can find us at uh, simply the Brad Blog. You can also drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And as ever, my thanks to those of you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do every day over your public airwaves for as long as we still can, but we rely on you for that help. All right, that's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.